what's up, zookeepers? It's your boy, Brandon. Uh, yeah, my wife's listening. She thinks it's funny to say that. They might be able to hear you. It's a pretty good mic. Anyways, uh, we had on Jonathan Shannon, returning champion, for our first uh, episode recording back in person to talk about uh, the 1994 classic, The Shadow, starring Alec Baldwin and Boy Howdy. Woo! Uh, anyways, as always, if you like what you hear, uh, follow and subscribe to us on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It helps a ton. And then uh, if you like what you hear and you want to get in touch with us too, you can always tweet at us at Podzuki on Twitter or just email us at podzukipodcast at gmail.com and we'll read it on air. Uh, but let's let's get to that channel, right? Fun times. Render unto Ghidra what is Ghidra's. Ten to one he sees you through a beaker and a tweezers. Read the fine print and be like, what's the big deal? Spun wheels of steel since broke wheel, good wheel. Back when it was greasy as curl, now it's easy dread. Had a rhyme on how they used to tease him about his peasy head. Yes, yes, y'all, to the beat. Have a ball. This before. Why I get this all <laughs> Yeah, we got, we got comedy gold going on right We're now. We're going to start. We got to start. <laughs> unconventionally, uh, let's just start it now. We don't even have to start the podcast. You start recording. <laughs> just we're st- We got to start this really quick. Okay, welcome to Podzuki, the world's only Christian podcast about everyone's favorite series, Left Behind. Um, no, it's, it's a lie. We talk about monster movies, but usually not. We're going to break uh, fast again on it, as I'd say it. Uh, we're we're going to we're going to talk about the shadow. Don't worry, but we have we have a special guest. I'm one of the kaiju Hollywood bad boys, Brian Kirkman. I'm another one, Luke Evans Flip. I'm your third Hollywood kaiju bad boy, Martin Felschman. And oh my God, it's our special guest. Everyone, give it up for Jonathan Shannon. Whoa! Hey, that's me. I'm the special guest. Okay, the reason I had to start this recording immediately, we're rushing as quick as we can. You need to tell us the story again. <laughs> So I had a friend that was talking about um, masturbating to Topanga from. Uh, from Boy Meets World. Now, this is growing up, so this is in the past. This is like, he was the same age as her, roughly. This isn't like a weird creepo thing. But, um... Was it at least high school Topanga? Yeah, 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 like yeah. I'm, assu- I'm assuming. I, I didn't ask. I, I, didn't, I didn't go back to the show and was like, for details. No, but it's better. You get to think better of your friend. The 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 crux of the, the story is that he um, oh, had the most... Real crux, <laughs> the most beautiful euphemism for boobs I have ever heard. He called them sloppers. <laughs> Jesus. It's, that's, he's either a serial killer or he's never had sex, nor will he ever have sex. It's, it's either option. I'm sorry for your friend, especially if he listens. Thank I, you for listening. I feel like there's a third option where, like, maybe the only bare boobs you've seen have just been, like, a real pair of sloppers. <laughs> <laughs> My mom's got some real sloppers on her, let me tell you. The more I say it out loud, the more it feels like it should be a term that's, like, known. Like, I know it's not, but... It makes more sense than other ones. You kind of, you kind, you kind of understand it. Yeah. I think it's not so much like how the boobs look, but like what you would do with them would be really <laughs> slop sloppy. Them slop them around. <laughs> feel, it feels specifically like sloppers feels like, like porkies. It feels like it's supposed to be like a boner comedy from the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> sloppers starring Dan Aykroyd and um, no Dan Aykroyd again. Just Dan Aykroyd, Dan yeah. Aykroyd, and he plays his evil twin brother Dan Aykroyd in that. It's like it's like that to see some sloppers. It's like that subreddit trashy boners. Like ew, that's gross, but like it's awakening something in me. Hell yeah. This I I think the saddest note is I got involved on Reddit. Finally got on my phone because they have really good common writer Reddit. And I was like, I <laughs> that's a sentence you just said. Yeah, of course that's why you join Reddit. Yeah, that's the most that's the most Brandonism I've ever heard. Yeah, uh, and then also I'm in right activist groups too. You know, <laughs> the most important thing. I guess I'm making that joke because somebody's just gonna cut the audio out. 
Um, now we can do the real intro. Well, we're not going to do a whole intro again, but we're recording in person for the first time. In studio. In studio, back at Brandon's AKA, house. yeah, Brandon's basement. I yeah. realize I just did the hang loose sign. No one's going to see that. I just... Yeah. I just yeah, <laughs> no, now, now they can feel yeah, it. They can feel it, though. Yeah. I had I had a guy that I work with. We, like, after work yesterday, a bunch of us went to a bar. And, like, I've been doing this thing where, like, anytime, like, instead of, like, waving to people, like, let me pass and, like, traffic and stuff, like, I do, like... This, like Spider-Man's thing, but it also means like love and sign language. Oh, but I think I like more that it's like Spider-Man and Doctor Strange's thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> when people aren't looking. And also Sailor Moon does it too. Oh yeah, she does. She does, like you're right. So That's like, the thing we all connect on. <laughs> like, yeah. oh right, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know about that nerd shit. We all know about Sailor Moon. But yeah, one of the dudes, like when the sous chef ended up coming out, like he got to the bar after us. Like I did that to him and he did like the shaka bra. Oh, that's like, a good one. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's like a good like uh, call and response if you do this and they yeah. do the shaka bra. Uh, but yeah, this is going to be a real good return to form, exactly like Comedy Bang Bang after they came back from pandemic. Oh, those uh, are great. Yeah, the, ep- what, the episodes when they got back, you, there's a noticeable difference right away. Yeah. <laughs> now, now this is the same pet steel shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People are like, oh boy. I thought I'd help Podzuki out a little bit, but it's a little boy. I guess <laughs> any friend that's listening to this out of duty right now, and then, like, our, what, like, 100 followers, subscribers, and then, I don't know, personal enemies that might be listening. So. Yeah. Hi, Grandma. Yeah. I actually, hi, dead Grandma. <laughs> yeah, my grandmas are all dead, too. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't going to bring oh that God. up, though. My grandmothers are all dead. <laughs> wow, Wait. way to make me feel like I don't belong. <laughs> you gotta kill your grandma, man. <laughs> you wanna be man. in the old boys club. And yeah, you're you're not an adult till your grandma's dead. And, uh, and all of our grandma's <laughs> names are Martha, right? Why did you say that name? <laughs> Could you imagine having anyone write that dialogue or put that in a film, and then you want to watch four and a half hours of another film they made? <laughs> as like it's supposed to be good. Oh man! But as like you know, when you like you first start writing stuff and you write a script and you'll be like, and you know movies where they like improvise stuff and then you'll like write like they could the actors could just come up with something. Further than this, yeah, they yeah. could they could ad lib it. I'll, I'll I'll get Will Ferrell for this part, and he'll be really good in it. That's what they did with the shadow. Holy shit! Yeah, that oh, had to be what they done. Oh god! Okay. Yeah, yeah. As Brandon mentioned earlier, we were talking about 1994's Alec Baldwin vehicle, The Shadow. Yeah, you don't remember it because it came out the same year as like The Lion King, and the a mask. bunch of other. Yeah, The Mask, a much better. Comic comic book pulp sort of yeah. movie. And then Jurassic Park. Yeah. yeah. And I think the most important thing about The Shadows is that it's like an old franchise from like like pulp magazines and radio, and they're trying to like reboot it for a modern audience, or at least modern in 1994, but nobody fucking knows who The Shadow is. Like even by I think like probably like 1960. Nobody knew who the fuck the shadow was. Oh yeah, anyone who cared about the shadow was definitely dead by this point. Maybe yeah. they were trying to go after like the kids who had to sell the merchandise. It was like, oh, people love the shadow. Actually, <laughs> I, I did this thing last night with my Google Home that made me laugh. Are you recording? Yeah, we're recording. Can I, can I text my sister? I forgot my phone on the rock. Oh yeah, go ahead. You can get me here. Yeah, fun. Uh, don't, don't worry, it's Patsuki. There's no quality. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no need for quality Barbara. control here. <laughs> Hi, Barb. Hi. I'll probably leave this in the podcast. So. <laughs> We'll see. Uh, it worked see. anyway. I had to like. Yeah, that's actually perfect timing. Oh yeah. Okay. I have a Google Home Mini, and that's why. I... Hey Google. When was the Shadow created? Shadow the Hedgehog's initial release. <laughs> <laughs>
that. <laughs> but yeah, I laughed so hard when I asked that. But I I asked it again, like several times, to the point where it wouldn't even say Shadow the Hedgehog anymore. It just say like 2005. <laughs> so I had to go like I had to like reset it so I could get the video of it saying like it was legitimately getting upset at you for asking so many times. Yeah, it was like Jesus, dude. Like you've asked me this so many times. <laughs> Shadow the Hedgehog will not stop existing if you forget about the days, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> We know you love him. Uh, it's very on brand for us too. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> we should we should do a review of. Uh, the, no wait, did we talk about the Sonic the Hedgehog film? Uh, we talked one? about it in the pop culture end of year. Episode. Oh, that's right. That's why it's like having weird like fatigue flashbacks. Like I could have swore we talked about, it, but like not all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I still I think the funniest thing about the pandemic and COVID nineteen is like it's become such a staple of old bus signs specifically still having the Sonic the Hedgehog movie poster up. And when I see that, I instantly just imagine the first few weeks of lockdown in COVID-19. They were on all of them. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know what? He could run fast, but none of us could run fast uh, enough to get away from COVID-19. Uh, let's have a moment of silence yeah. for all the 600,000 dead. Uh, I'll edit that part out. For hey. Sure. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I survived it. tasteless. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I guess before we get into talking about the movie proper... This all came out within all of our lifespans, right? Yes. yes. Like, we were children, fairly, like, old children when it came out. What are your memories of it? Oh, the I, toys were fucking cool, dude. Well, that's what I remember. I remember mostly the toys. I knew it was a movie yeah. with, like, I didn't know who Alec Baldwin was back then. And I knew, like, it was, like, they were trying to make it a big deal. But, like, I don't give a shit about this. And I remember the toys because it was also around the, this was around the same time they were re-releasing the Star Wars trilogy. Hmm. So I remember there being a bunch of Star Wars toys. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, the Star Wars toys were also very cool. Yeah. Um, I also have a distinct memory of I decided that it would be really cool to customize my own Star Wars toys, so I took one of the Jawa 2-packs, and I took a Sharpie marker and drew all over it, and when I was done, I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I did this. I, it's such a clear kid memory of mine. But, like, I wanted to make something unique and, like, use my artistic skills, and I just completely ruined a Jawa. Yeah, sometimes you just, uh, ruin toys. We've, we've all been there. I mean, I wasn't trying to do anything artistic, but I remember I had this lamp that you could flip over, and, uh, I remember putting some of my X-Men toys in there, and my Cyclops, like, melted to it. It looked real fucked up and cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, I, I was actually two when this movie came out, so I don't have any memories okay. of the marketing or the toys. But I bet the toys were cool. There are... There are neat set pieces and lots of cool little gadgets. The only toy I really remember, though, was the taxi car. Like, I think it had, like, some bells and whistles to it where it could do stuff, but, like... Because, yeah, he doesn't have, like, a Batmobile. It's no. it's Peter Boyle's taxi. Did it include a Peter Boyle action figure? I don't remember. <laughs> I'm sure there was a Peter Boyle action figure, but it was probably sold separately. Oh, man, I'm my phone. I can't see if there's a Peter Boyle action figure. I, man, I want to get a Peter Boyle action figure and then, like find like other action figures to like recreate everybody loves raymond it's just him yelling at raymond even though it's the shadow oh man i don't remember any marketing any of the movie other than my father fucking loved this movie when i was growing up like does he still love it though i don't know you should that'd be so fun if you ask him the question like give him a call or next time you see him like you remember the shadow he's like oh the shadow i love it he used to if he used to occasionally go the shadow knows Now, do you know if your Such father, like, knew about, the, like, was a fan of The Shadow prior to this movie? Yeah, my father's super old. He was born in 1947. He is pre-Israel. Oh, wow. Wow. That's sad, because then what did they do themselves as a governing, a governing state before then, right? Like, how do they, they have any democracy? So he could have easily, by this, by he could have easily <laughs> been listening <laughs> to, like, the radio serials. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. 
And if you uh, don't support Israel, you're a bad Jew. I'm going to stop this. I'm only referring to your father as Magnum P.I. now. <laughs> yeah. It is that you mentioned the, the Jewish part because, like... <laughs> We're really going hard into <laughs> well, it. Well, it's that... <laughs> this is a weird term. Martin mentioned it, and I didn't realize it till like, the first time I watched it, till the end of the movie, when he's in the shadow outfit, and he's got, like, the, like it's not like a mask, it's like a scarf that goes up to, like, right underneath his nose, and his nose is huge. Yeah. But you don't realize till the end of the movie that he's in like prosthetics, like a prosthetic nose and also a prosthetic chin and like cheekbones. Yeah, like he, I think he's supposed to look older when he's like that too. But why? He's got like a mask that covers his face. See, I like this because that's a common complaint we always had as kids like with, uh, you know, Superman. It's just he takes off the glasses. I like he really thought it through. He's like, I'm going to put a mask on, but then I'm going to use my psychic mind powers. To also alter my face. He looks like a cartoon gangster. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I have an alternative theory. Maybe they just cut a bunch of lines where people are like, man, the shadow's got to be some weird heeb. <laughs> <laughs> only a few are Jewish, so only few of us can say these things, I feel like. Not me, though. But... Oh, yeah, no, I'm the only one allowed to say that here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to just stop uh, with all the Palestine jokes earlier. I mean, they should be a free country of uh, people. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Come on, audience. Yeah. Free Palestine, that's right. We're Twitter Acrobats. Free Palestine, that's a deal. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, two for one Palestine? Yeah. We gotta get over there. I get all of Palestine? Uh, this is just turned into I think you should leave sketch, which I think is going to be all of our recommendations. I mean, I, I think this is an appropriate start because that's how they introduce the shadow in a painfully racist scene. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> He's immediately, the opening scene of the movie is... Uh, what's what's his his uh, oh, Thailand it, name? I wrote it down before we get to Taiwan. That, I love that you have the text at the bottom to tell you where is it. Just says Opium Fields Tibet. I'm like, yeah, this Tibet. Is be a wild ride. Jokin. 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 Just Jokin. It's Jokin Phoenix. But yeah, I'm he's he's for this podcast. He is the that's, head. That's how you know it's real again, baby. The head opium dealer in all of Tibet. Yeah. Like, he, he's cornered the market on opium in Tibet, and that's where opium comes from, apparently. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, this is one thing that, a very funny realization I had is, like, he has this long hair, and he's, like, surrounded by all these beautiful women, wakes up in a fur bed surrounded by... So many beautiful women that are all touching the other beautiful women. Yeah. Which is, I mean, you know, it makes sense. Um, but my favorite thing is, like, I had this realization, like, this motherfucker looked like the Scorpion King. And then I looked up the director, the guy who made this film, Russell McCauley... He directed the Scorpion King too. He loved doing that scene so much. He's like, I gotta do this again in the Scorpion King. Well, it's just like this is the hero of our movie, immediately shown to be a bad guy, and he even kills like his uh, like he brings a guy in James Hong, who yeah, who's like uh, fighting against his opium army or something, yeah. and then he's going to kill him. But he the that dude takes his like numbers man, his right hand man hostage, yeah. and threatens to kill him. And like, eh, you were like a father to me. Shoot through him anyway. Yeah. And yeah, so he kills, like, his... A guy who's, like, a father to him. But why? Like, why? I think they should have made it to where, like, Alec Baldwin was, like, the right-hand man. So he was still a bad guy. But then he was betrayed by the head of the Opium Gang. And then he gets shot. And then that would make sense why he gets taken by the good guys to that monastery where they teach him 
how to cloud men's minds, yeah, whatever I mean, the fuck that means. It's such a 90s move of being like, you know, if you were this major drug dealer supporting that, like you said, as a henchman, that's bad enough. But I like the 90s, like, no, we gotta go all the way. You gotta show that if he has if he has darkness in his heart, he's just shooting James Fahong here, so. I'm down for him being a bad guy, because I think that's what his arc is supposed to be. Like, he has to forgive himself for all the terrible stuff he did. Yeah. But you don't really, they don't really do that. Other than, like, they say, they kind of show it a few times vaguely, but that's not really established as, like, a thing. The, the bar is real low for a white man to go back to being a hero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once again, this is the early 90s. Like, it would it was higher and back then. They, he still, okay, so they go to this place, this palace, that's, that just shows up out of nowhere, and they're like, well, you can see it when you unclear your mind. But he can see it. Right. So he's, like, so focused on killing. Yeah. <laughs> he, has a, he has a completely clear mind already. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's um, how do we feel about the young child with a man voice? That made me think of that uh, Star Trek: The Original Series episode oh, with yeah. Clint Howard, the Corbomite maneuver. Yeah. Was like, this is Tanya. <laughs> I hope you relish it as much as I. <laughs> and he sounds exactly like that, but it's like a six-year-old Clint Howard <laughs> delivering the lines. My favorite thing. So, like, basically, what was what was the mystic's name? Tolik, I want to say. Something like that. Something yeah, stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It means a T. It doesn't mean with a T. Yeah. You only see him for like 15 seconds, so. Yeah, yeah. I like how loose this episode's going to be because Barbara took my phone, and usually I'll have the Wikipedia up when I got to check backs. We're going. We're going to see what happens with this. But so, Turok the dinosaur basically like has him like saying, I'm going to train you in the ways to cloud minds, like you're saying. Uh, he picks up a psychic flying dagger with the worst CGI I've seen in a while. Uh, okay, so I, I play around with 3D modeling, and for 94, I think it's okay. Like, okay, 94 is like, for oh. I think it looks pretty good, because they at least took the effort to, like, put a texture on it. Yes. Yeah. 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 They like, clearly thought it was going to be cool, because it's in the movie a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, it, let's be honest. A flying dagger that can bite you what, has a cool head. I was talking about the Shadow's cool. arc. The knife is his fucking arc. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah, that's... The, the, that's it actually, is a, that, if this was a better movie, that would actually be really good writing. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair to the movie, that knife would have scared the shit out of me as a kid. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, I can see that. Not as a doll, did. I screamed the whole time as <laughs> When I watched Barbara this... Hold me down. So, it's not real. When I watched this movie, it just kept reminding me of that scene from the Power Rangers movie. Oh, yeah. When, like, the sword talks and he throws the sword to, like, mm. I think cut down, like bricks that are above the bad guys or something yeah uh i this this may be a little bit early for moth repulse drag race moth repulse drag race But no, we're di- we're there. You said that you invoked the names. Was was anyone uh, caught a little bit off guard by Alec Baldwin's like initial outfit, where he's like completely shirtless, but he still has a girdle on? Yeah, <laughs> it's real weird. Because I think this is when he was making his transition into the Alec Baldwin body we know, the dad bod of mm-hmm. nowadays. Mm-hmm. But I think he still had that kind of buffness of like the late '80s when he's doing more kind of bigger films. Which scene are you talking about? Where I'm talking the, the very beginning. The top, he's got yeah. like. He's got, like, a real big belt that just covers his entire midsection. I guess when he's, like, got, like, the opium nails and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. I didn't notice that. I did like the opium nails touch. That was very well done. Yeah. Well, nice. well that's a very, like, 1930s Asian stereotype. Like, the Fu Manchu. Like, yeah, they always look right. like monsters. Oh, man. I can't wait till we get into the, the delightful racism of this film. It is... <laughs> 
so fucking racist. It, I mean, it is definitely like the you get all of the tropes: the noble savage, uh, the Mongolian horde coming to take over the world because that's what Genghis Khan want to do. The second scene with uh, Sheikh Khan, yeah, that's his, na- that's his name. Once again, we're flying free. When he baby. goes in, when he like the shadow like goes as Lamont Cranston to like confront him. He's like eating his rice with his hands. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's real like really weird. Like he would do that still even though he's dressed very dapper and like Yeah, that's the only thing totally he wears a fucking suit. <laughs> Since we're in Mothra Hall's drag race and we're talking about that, I think we can put it in this cuz it's more of a uh, a piece of clothing than an actual like makeup. That beard was so bad looking. Oh my oh, god. It, god. It looks like they literally took like three pieces of felt and glued it on his face. They face. literally spirit yeah. gummed the fakest looking beard I could imagine. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess, yeah, we are getting ahead of ourselves. We got, like, Shere Khan, who's the bad guy. Right. We yeah. have... Wait, is it Shere Khan? I thought that was the bad guy from from Jungle Book. I was trying to say, I think Shek Khan. Something Sh- Khan. Shaka Khan? Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. I'll go with Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. <laughs> Shaka you can also just say Khan, because that's what they call him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really because he away. is the sole descendant of Genghis Khan. <laughs> and he had to get back on track, because this is kind of where it goes to after the scene of... We get we, we get robbed of a montage. They literally just put text over explaining what happens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah... Why have that opening scene where he's like an evil opium dealer at all? Yeah. Yeah. If you're not going to show the montage where he learns how to be a superhero. Yeah, here's a fun fact. In 1993, Alec Baldwin had a writer in every contract that he worked on where he needed opium to film a movie. But he never inhaled. If I don't get opium, I'm going to scream at my daughter. Yeah. You don't have a daughter yet. I will one day, and I won't forget, and I'm going to call her Little Piggy. Yeah. Do you guys ever listen to those calls? They are brutal. Yeah. <laughs> They're real bad. I mean, yeah, but it's also like private life stuff. I mean, yeah, it, it is. Who private. hasn't yelled at someone in their family at some point? <laughs> who hasn't yelled at their daughter? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let us bring all of our daughters forward for Podzuki and yell at them. Uh, new segment. <laughs> um, uh, to get back on track, though, so we we get introduced. Kind of, I mean, it's a little out of order, but we can skip over the whole part where they have the whole introduction of the shadow. There's a mobster. It's it's a classic like opening takedown. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, like like the opening scene of Batman, which this it's clearly this movie has a bad case of the not Batman. Yes. Yeah, so he try this show makes it try to seem like he's such an edge lord Batman, but he is nowhere near as edge lord as Batman because he kills people. Batman permanently paralyzes people and just leaves them in the streets. <laughs> Way darker. Yeah. But I, I do think the opening scene is important because it gets to like. Something the vagueness of the shadow's powers. Yeah, yeah, like, that's very true. You can never like he's either like he can do anything, or he can do nothing and he's completely inept. Yeah, he's a real Gary Sue. If you will. <laughs> Sorry, I got read it on my phone recently. Like mm-hmm. I was saying, so it's ruining my language. Uh, everyone's a sigma or an alpha now. To, uh, I know that's not how it works. Also, those don't really exist to begin with. Uh, but yeah, his his powers go anywhere from he can uh kind of be invisible but you can only see a shadow to i have made everyone an indentured server of mine that I can his, his greatest time. power is gaslighting it really is <laughs> and when it's... he meets the woman he can't gaslight he's terrified of her <laughs> yeah he's I, they don't really do a good job of making him seem like a likable character i mean maybe of the standards of i think it once again goes into how much capitalism has been riding our brains for decades of like I think we're supposed to like him just because he's like a playboy billionaire or millionaire. It's the thing. I could get past that because like Batman is that, but you've got this opening scene seeing him be like a horrible monster and he only becomes a good guy because like some dude forces him to. 
Yeah. Yeah. So like, he, and he just never seems to be a good guy. Yeah, he really. Does Even when like, okay, he stopped like he stopped some gangsters from killing a doctor, and they were gonna kill him because he was a witness of them killing a police officer. The only good thing that happened in this film. Oh yeah. Okay, maybe I'll, no, I wanted that one out. A cab. He um, seems to. He kind of falls backwards into this whole plot to save the city. Uh, I just want to tell everybody I now have the Wikipedia back so we will <laughs> be remembering the names as this goes, which is very good. Um, I also should do more research. Um, oh, and also the doctor he saves, like he makes him become like his, he owes him a life debt, yeah. debt now. It's, yeah, he's a terrible person. He, he, like he didn't save him just because he was like, oh, this is out of the goodness of my heart. It's like, no, there's, there's something I need from you. You're going to be one of my guys now. Yeah, and they make them wear this ring that's like a huge, huge red ring. ring. Huge ugly ring. <laughs> they will just flash. Yeah. Like like flash on and off whenever the shadow needs them. But that's such a conspicuous thing. Well, I think it's the the funny thing is the ring's so huge because if you look closely in some of the scenes, there's text written on it which says, My life was saved by a shadow and all it's like that was this lousy ring. Incoming alert from the shadow ring. The shadow needs your assistance now. <laughs> will explode with your fingers. Get to the closest pneumatic tube. <laughs> Whatever happened to pneumatic tubes? I think those the tubes are still in New York City. They just don't haven't been used for forever. Somebody should follow a gum. <laughs> That's as far as I know that bit. This <laughs> life really is just but the, sh- the shadow has like this incredibly elaborate crime fighting system through all of New York City that he hardly hardly seems to use. Yeah. No, it's it's just there because Batman had something like it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and when he does get like a cop who works for the Shadow sees something, so he writes about it on a note, takes it to a pneumatic tube, and that gets sent to the pneumatic tube center, which is like one guy mm-hmm. taking in all the notes, and then he contacts the Shadow at his home, which means the Shadow has to call his taxi driver to take him to. His Sanctum Solarum, I think is what he, what he called it. Yeah. Which is not in his house for some reason. No. <laughs> it was just like in the middle of the city, hidden underneath a secret staircase. And then he's got a little tiny TV screen for the dude in the pneumatic tube center to tell him, like, there's been a murder in this hotel. Mm. You, the shadow should go there. What kind of a life debt do you think the guy in the pneumatic <laughs> tube center, like, owed him? He came in the tubes. I think <laughs> he's just the guy who really loves pneumatic tubes. <laughs> I mean, once again, nowhere else would he have such control over them. Thank you, tube boy. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the movie really does like to explain everything that happens. <laughs> like, there's one scene where they're about to introduce the main bad guy. They they're like, um, the guy's like, "Oh, is this a mummy?" And he's like, "No." And he goes, "Well, wait." Uh, where's it from? And he goes, no, mummies are from Egypt, silly. Yeah. And I was like, who doesn't know this? Yeah. I mean, there's that, but it's also, they totally don't just come from Egypt. Yes. Lots of countries have mummies. And daddies. Patsuki's yeah. <laughs> back. I think, I, I think the male mummy is a dummy. Oh, nice. Okay, I think as far as we go with this. Oh, now we have names again, so his love interest is Margo. That's good to know. Oh, yeah, Margo gets introduced before they introduce the villain, right? Yeah, yeah I think. Bit. And she's... I kind of like her performance. Yeah, yeah she's yeah, she like fine. She's, she's like... She's strong-willed and confident, but also kind of scatterbrained, kind of a ditzy person, yeah, but she, not... but capable. I, I would have really loved it if they gave her, like, more to do. 
Yeah, I do too. Other than like just going down to City Hall and doing research and then saving the shadow from (laughs) (laughs) his stupidity. Well, I don't know if we can get into it now, but that fucking like dome. Oh yeah, we're gonna get there. Uh, Yeah. What what was it for? Uh, it's just a, just a big wet trap. Yep. <laughs> Why were the Water controls trap. inside of it? <laughs> yeah, that's very very funny. Yeah. That's, that's Doctor Tim Curry's patented suicide room. <laughs> uh, okay, we haven't even gotten to Tim Curry yet. Yeah, let's talk about. So the t- we have two sides. We're about there in the story. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's it's listen. It's all kind of relatively <laughs> close by itself. We there's. We're not going to do this movie beat by beat. There's no reason to. No. It, it didn't respect our time, so we're not going to respect <laughs> its time. You know what? And uh, we're introduced about the same time to these two scientists working on a bunch of uh, war crime makers, uh, or as we like to call yeah, them. Two weapons. competing scientists, right? Two competing scientists, oh. which are played by Ian McKellen and then Tim Curry. Uh, Ian McKellen is the Dr. Lane, and then Tim Curry is Dr. Claymore. Um, Ian McKellen is Dr. Lane, and I think he has dementia? No, so this is a really bad story plotting, is that they reveal towards the end of the film that he's been put under the the spell of Khan as well to help him develop the But weapons. that hasn't happened but, yet. Yeah, no, like even before that, he like he can't recognize colors. Oh, that's I think Oh, he's colorblind, I think. Yeah, I think just he's, well, colorblind. he's colorblind, but it's also like he's gives some other weird responses to well, the thing like, that oh, Margo asks like, him. Margo, have you eaten dinner yet? It's like, of course, it's two AM and yeah. he's like hasn't touched his sandwich and that maybe isn't working too hard. But he can identify color because he's like he bring Margo brings up to him is like no this is red and this is green. It's like oh I've got to remember that. He needs to get a checkup. He needs to see what's going on. Yeah, I just don't know. Like this is a guy who is literally inventing the atomic bomb, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't seem to have his whereabouts. Yeah, I guess that's supposed. Maybe that's maybe more like a pulp sort of thing. Like the scientist who's so busy sciencing, and the rest of the world just doesn't apply to him you know autistic yeah <laughs> you know that is what it is yeah. yeah we figured it out that trope they just didn't know what autism was yet yeah and the other scientist is horny for margo the too horny uh, what's his name tim curry i know tim curry but what's the character's name oh they just called him i think like dr lane okay no dr, dr. lane's the oh, father dr claymore that's, claymore, claymore, that's, claymore, 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 that's it yeah oh man tim curry is so great it's like smarmy Disgusting. They honestly look like they like oiled him up between scenes. Like they got oh, they as much did. baby oil as they could, and they stuffed him in a suit. They're like, "Go nuts, Tim Curry!" He's like, oh, "Let me at him." How sweaty he is in that last scene that he's in oh, yeah, with like the Tommy gun. They they drench him. I think they realized like Tim Curry was too attractive for that role, so they had to dial it up to make Alec Baldwin look better. <laughs> yeah. But it's somewhere like you get like it was like Tim Curry's always one of those where like I don't know what Tim Curry's actual sexuality is, but like he's definitely like. Has some like gay vibes, oh, yeah. I guess. I'd be, also, ups- I'd be upset if Tim Curry was straight. Yeah, honest. but like that, you've got him like hitting on the daughter, but I guess he's just so gross seeming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, also, I shouldn't tell people what they should like. You know, Tim Curry, if you're straight, that's fine. I'm not going <laughs> to judge you. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, they, they instantly just established him as a super slimy character. Uh, we already mentioned earlier, too, we kind of introduced to his taxi driver, who's Peter Boyle. Who's also got a life debt to him, and then uh, yeah, we're finally introduced to uh, to Mr. Khan, which uh, I got the name here finally, which is I think it was really stupid. Now, because this is someone who's trained in she the arts of clouding time. men's minds yeah. by the same master that taught the shadow. Yeah. Yes, but since we were robbed of a montage, we didn't get to see them like at the monastery together. 
and have some sort of relationship so we would actually care about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, I mean, they just, they skipped over everything. I would have been way more interested in, like, seeing how he even set up any of, any of his, like, secret bases, any, fucking anything. Yeah. Showing the contractors come in to make the spinny room dial. (laughs) There's a lot of ball bearings. He's like, we're going to use them all. Oh, yeah, this is, like... He was at the mon like the shadows at the monastery training for seven years. Yeah, yeah. And then he came back to New York. But how long after him coming back to New York does the movie take place? I think it takes place seven years after that thing. I don't know if he trains for seven years. He's just back in New York after seven years. They just gave him a title card. Like even if train, <laughs> even if he were training in Tibet for only seven years, that seems like a short amount of time. He's got that opium. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh so yeah let me see where we're kind of right now with that it makes sense uh, we oh uh, some really great scenes. Well, Khan immediately knows who the shadow is. Yeah. Oh, we're not we're not gonna talk about him fucking with that security guard. Yeah. Oh yeah, he fucking killed. I was so upset about it. it's Ethan Phillips who plays Neelix on Voyager. I love that guy. Oh man, I'm glad he killed him then. <laughs> He's Neelix. I like Neelix. It's he's fun. It's his own fault for not taking the shot. Like he has a he has a solid minute where like this dude just has a completely uncovered face and his gun is pointed right at it. Yeah. If a guy walks out of a coffin, you shoot him in the face. You know what? I I wonder if they're like they're working on this IP. They're making this to be marketable to families. Kids are gonna love it. They have toys. They have video games. And like the scriptwriter's like, you know what? Kids loved for suicide <laughs> that's what we got to get in we got to spend a good hefty there's a lot of for suicide in this movie there, there is a lot, lot. <laughs> i think almost everyone dies by that that actually dies yeah that isn't like just a random henchman yeah our hero gets in on it too it's oh, not yeah. just a villain <laughs> everybody's having a blast so the the the, the hero hero quote-unquote <laughs> and the main villain meet and the main villain proposes to him we could be great together. We will form our own armies and send them to each other to die in our own battles. And he's like, no, I won't do that. And the rest of the movie is them doing exactly <laughs> that. It's almost like how politicians work exactly. It's just really fun. I would never do such unspeakable war crimes. They're like, get the war crimes going. Um, oh, Obama, you're silly with all those drones. Um, anyways, they, they have a few meetings like that where it is like instantly like bodies to the floor. Like, my favorite is when they have the one meeting where he's, like, in the suit for the first time. He has his one assistant come up to try to shoot him. And, like, I don't know why he doesn't realize this. Well, he mentions, like, uh, my Mongolian guards, their minds are weak. Which, I feel fine telling you that when your powers are telepathy (laughs) and mind control. And then, like, literally, like, he's talking and he's monologuing the whole time. And he's, like, watching, he's watching the shadow, like, look over to the Mongolian, like, do the shadow and eye. Yeah, he's super <laughs> shadow He's, like, clearly not paying attention to what he's saying. His face totally letterboxes every time he does his Which power. makes me sad, because I don't think Khan has a lot of, like, personal confidence in himself. Because if people aren't paying attention, it's like, I guess I'm boring them. Who cares? Oh, yeah, I, I was going to say, there's a lot of, like, single bullet guns <laughs> yeah. in this movie as well. They have a total Matrix moment again when they shoot the guns at each other. Oh, yeah. I, I have to talk. We have to talk about the scene because after they fucking shoot and the bullets hit, both characters are acting like fuck. It's like they want to high five and talk about how cool that was, but they know they can't. Yeah, and it's not like that reveals any information. It's just like one in a million chance that could fucking happen. Yeah, they they can't control bullets or anything. That just happens for no reason. This would have been the best film if like literally the whole trajectory changed after that. Where that happens, like. 
what are the chance? We can't do this anymore. We gotta, we gotta change our ways. We should go do the lottery, it's, man. This is, this is a sign from God. We're becoming religious. We're gonna open our own parish. Oh man, that would have been good. We gotta take this act on the road. Yeah. And there you go, Sister Act Three. We did it. Old habits die hard. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But that, that was after the scene in which Khan kidnapped Margot, and for some reason. Khan's mind control works on Margot, even though Lamont Cranston's doesn't. Yeah. Because he's immediately able to control her and does a really creepy, like, scene where, like, he takes his, like, hands over her back and she's wearing, like, a backless dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. And, like, kid gives him, like, oh, you're going to kill the shadow. And Wait. it's basically just how they figure, how she figures out who the shadow is. Yeah, once again, there's no heroes in this film because if the shadow's powers did work like that earlier, like, he'd have been doing the same thing to her, too. <laughs> And when they okay, so when she does go to kill him, he obviously doesn't die. She he makes her back to well, herself because of how he thank his uh, interior designer. Oh yeah, I guess for putting a mirror that's facing the door, but somehow sees him sitting in the corner. Yeah, I think the reason it's actually it's really good design because his favorite saying when people would be leaving is like, "Hey, listen, I hate to see, I hate to see you go." but I love to watch you leave. <laughs> he wanted to figure out a way to make it last a little bit longer. And so like the mirror gives him like a few extra seconds to look at that butt. Yeah, she shoots the mirror, and because Khan gave her a gun that could only hold a single bullet and did not give her more of the bullets, even though you saw there were like six in the case that he yeah. had, he only loaded one, then gave her the gun. He had a lot of confidence in her. Yeah. Something the Shadow never has. Well, he does yeah. say in the next scene when he confronts Khan while he's eating rice with his fingers while wearing a double-breasted suit. Like, oh, why did you send her to kill me? He's like, I didn't send her to kill you. I sent her to die. Probably would have worked better if I'd given her more bullets, so you'd have to overpower her before <laughs> she could kill you. But, you know, you want some, you lose some. Yeah, they're having fun. That's what matters. Both of these boys are having a good time. Yeah. That's right, Shadow. I killed your mirror. <laughs> and he also does that thing where, like, she just stops and like waves his hand in front of her. Mm-hmm. Then he says her name and it snaps her out of it. Then he starts screaming at her, even though he clearly should know because he's the shadow that she was under mind control, so she doesn't remember everything about what was going on. Maybe he doesn't know that she knows that he's the shadow yet, and he thinks like, "Well, I just got to act like a man and think like a woman." And this is the part that's so again it goes back to the over-explaining everything. She's like, "Wait, I was here to send." I sent here to kill the shadow, and I'm here, and you're here, and I'm awake. Wait, does that mean you're the shadow? <laughs> it's like it's delivered just like that too. Yeah, like even the stupidest kid in the audience in that movie theater and figure this out by the point. It's like, come on. Uh, it, there's, I think, there's so many gems in this film that it goes from being annoying to becoming charming the longer the film goes. Um, and she's immediately down to bone after she finds out he's a oh, shadow. Yeah, they, they get late. They yeah. get late. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> that, that's how that works. Yeah. But I will say, I don't think they yeah, ever do get laid they, they get until, laid. like, the very end of the movie when you see them kiss. You know what? That is true romance. Of like, It's not like, oh, I got laid last night or oh, I fucking laid it down this pipe. We got laid. Yeah. Yeah. We shared a moment together. <laughs> I like this. We're marketing that TM, TM. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's our new, t- oh, our new, new t-shirt. T-shirt. We got laid. Yeah. yeah. 
And it's just two people holding each other lovingly. <laughs> and in between them is a giant big old Pazuki symbol. <laughs> oh, one of them has the shadow mask on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I have to draw big old Junos now? I don't know. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, I, I misheard I that do, for a second. I, I thought you were talking about giant, like, Junos, like Elliot Page. <laughs> <laughs> Giant Juno. Yeah. Okay, teacher. Two giant Junos, Elliot Pages, holding each other. With the oh, we got played in the simple Fatsuki at the bottom. On the back it says Free Palestine. <laughs> I'm going to make this t shirt. Oh my god. Oh, it's so good. Do I put that stupid flag from the Juno poster too in the background? Yes, yes, of course. It terrifies me that you have the total ability to do this. <laughs> no, <laughs> it I might not be an empty threat. Yeah. It's... I'm, I'm picturing it's like a, just says it's the Juno poster, but it's like one of us pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I do love Then the other impreg. two standing around him. I love a good impreg. <laughs> one of my favorite jokes when I first started doing stand up going was like, uh, what's, what's uh, Rick Ricardo's favorite independent movie? Juno! It's <laughs> such a good joke. Rick uh, Ricardo, old reference. Yeah, that didn't do well. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying, that a fucking mom. <laughs> that was just for me. That was just for daddy. Y'all didn't watch Nick at Night in 1992? <laughs> <laughs> Who's got two thumbs and was this guy with them pointing at himself? Uh, yeah, so back to this delightful romp of a film. Um, I talked about this with Jonathan earlier while we were waiting for you to get here, which was um, they have one scene that's kind of leading up to the finale uh, where they're chasing Khan, and they come up to this empty lot, and they spend like five minutes looking at the empty lot. And yeah, because Khan disappears. Yeah, Khan right? disappears. And Alec Baldwin's like, staring, he's like, something, something's got to be going on with this lot. And then Peter Bowie's like, ah, it's just a lot. And I was just thinking about how great it would be if it was just a lot. Like, that had nothing to do with the film. Like, this weird autistic no. choice. Well, it also shows that, like, how these powers work. Because, like, you come to find out that, like, uh, it seems like in some scenes, like, Alec Ball, like, the Shadow's power is, like, he's invisible, but he's just invisible. He's actually there. Yeah. He's, like, like he's not, like, he's not actually disappearing. He's just making you think he disappeared. Right. I heard them describe his powers as, like, the only thing that's left invisible is the shadow. But there are scenes where it's like, oh, no, it's just like you can kind of see where his legs are in some water. Yeah. But he turns is, into the Lost Fog Monster for me. And you can see, if you see a shadow and you shoot it with crossbows instead of a gun, <laughs> even though later on they shoot the shadow with a gun and it doesn't do anything. Yeah. But, yeah, they managed to capture the shadow. But it's also, like, it's, so can anybody, could somebody, like, jump that fence and walk through the lot? Or would they just hit a wall? Because the hotel's actually there. He's just clouding everyone in the city's minds. I, honestly, I think it isn't. I don't think he's smart enough to think that far into his own powers. Yeah. He, at every turn, he is outsmarted by the bad guys. Every turn. <laughs> every single time. They, they even comment on how dumb he is and how weak he is. Yeah. Every single time he's in a fight. The only thing he figures out in this movie is that they're making a bomb out of what's called Bornstim or something like that. Let me find what it's this is. Bronzium. It's Bronzium. Bronzium. Yeah, I remember Eric it's so stupid. Yeah, Pierce Bronzium. Um... <laughs> And he, go, he goes to his uh, indentured life servant, uh, Dr. Friend, and he's like, he pours some Sprite on it and figures out that it's bronzium. Yeah, well, he says, like, oh, it'd be impossible to make a bomb like that unless, unless you had this thing. Like that a beryllium sphere. That's a, a real thing. thing. A beryllium <laughs> sphere. Unless you had this other thing that was dropped earlier in the movie. Yeah. 
so yeah, they this I mean this is getting us kind of towards the end of the film already, which is perfect. Which is uh... before we get there, I do want to mention like the first post opening scene shadow action sequence. Yeah, when he's attacking a bunch of Khan's men, and like he doesn't seem to be great at fighting. No, because no. like, like, but it, there is like one of his fights he only wins because he forces both of them off the balcony, and then like just managed like work it over to where like they land on like a gargoyle on one of the next levels, but like he lands on top, and then he says the line like next time you can be on top. Yeah, which is real weird. It's very yeah, weird yeah, because but... I think by 1994, most people like kind of understood the mechanics of gay sex. Yeah. So, not people in the 1930s not in the 1930s <laughs> at all like if it, if that were a line from the 1930s that might actually be like brave yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be so weird if the line was like that's right I'm talking about gay sex yeah. <laughs> like your penis and my assholes <laughs> I just, I just wanted to mention that line. Thinking. Yeah, he was he was definitely trained in the Steven Seagal era of fighting. Like, <laughs> there's that really weird feeling of they kind did. of punching. I have a theory that Steven Seagal's like a triant from Lord of the Rings, where he doesn't age, but he's just going to keep getting larger and larger. <laughs> so it's like, I guess with his outfit, because like, back to RuPaul's Drag Race, the outfit itself's not bad. It's a long black like trench it's a cool, coat. Yeah, it's a, a it's sleek red scarf that comes, I think should like, go over his nose, it but you can still see his nose. Yeah. Because yeah. I think Vincent Valentine from Final Fantasy VII had to be largely inspired by the look of the shadow. Yeah. They, they just realized, like, he can't have that big fucking honker. Yeah. yeah. He does well, kind of have a big nose, though. Yeah. And again, I think it would look so much better if it were just Alec Baldwin's actual nose. Like, actual face. Definitely. Alec Baldwin's not a bad-looking guy, especially not in 1994. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was, like, like, like you said, he was starting to put the pounds on. Yeah. Put the pudding away. But, uh, yeah, he was still, like, very... Face was all great. I mean, you gotta, you gotta carve up before you yell at your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Um, he, tra- he he did Glengarry Glen Ross just to train <laughs> for screaming at his daughter. That whole scene when he's... Put like, that fucking coffee down! <laughs> that whole scene when he's, like, just concentrating on the billboard and explaining the mechanics, he's just imagining his future daughter up there. ABC, always be child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> Always be calling to abuse your child. <laughs> there <we go. laughs> they both work, which is great. Uh, listen, I it might another seem shirt. Mean, yeah, it, it might seem mean, but he also did yell at his daughter like that. So sorry. Um, yeah, to to get back to, um, I guess we should get towards kind of the end where he kind of finally raids the the, the lot palace. If you will. well, all he's go ahead. Yeah. Can we talk about that scene on the uh, Empire State Building first? Uh, it's it's so great. They have those sailors who are just like talking bad on Khan's well, outfit. Well, my favorite part was there's like Empire State Building penance. Get your Empire State <laughs> Building penance. The building we are at currently, the Empire State Building, on the very top. <laughs> Gets right, gay sex. <laughs> uh, just, oh, that could be done so much for this film. Oh so one of those sailors like comments like, "Oh, hey, nice dress." And then Khan fucking mind controls him to jump off the building and fucking kill himself. Yeah. But it lines up perfectly with the shadow. <laughs> with the shadow talking to Margo. It's like, yeah, you know, things are falling into place. Like, right as this guy fucking dies. Well, you see him, like, stuff. bounce yep. off yeah. of, like, one of the lower levels of the Empire's Abling. He's got, like, those tears. Yep. Bounce like a cartoon. <laughs> and then fall even further. It was one step away from doing the boyoing sound effect. <laughs> yeah. Right before this man met his demise. Well, that's not also not the first time they played a man falling off a building for a laugh. Nope. Like this they had earlier Peter Boyle 
reading up like how to train your psychic abilities. Like I feel someone approaching. Yeah. Like Once one of the bad guys at the shadow threw off the building landed. This but at least that was a villain. This director specifically really thinks people falling out of death is funny as shit because he also directed the Scorpion King and Highlander, which both do oh. have people being thrown from buildings. And uh, the movie Falling to Your Death. A comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Two hours of laughs and spills. Yeah. It, it's it's he does that that movie, The Bridge, that documentary, <laughs> but like adds like uh, oh funniest God. home video <laughs> stuff to it. Like, also, oh, what am I doing up here? Like, oh, I guess I'm falling. <laughs> it's also a five minute <sighs> long film. I thought, yeah. I thought it was the unofficial sequel to Falling Down, literally falling down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Uh, Maybe people rolling. falling off buildings is funny. I've never seen it. The, the, the way they play that scene before he falls is like his friends are like screaming like, no, come back, buddy. It should be scary. Yeah, and it's like, and he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then he just jumps and then it immediately cuts to being a comedy beat. And it's yeah. so good. The, the comedy dialogue itself is very weird. Like, yes. there's, there's a scene where these two dudes are guarding, the two army dudes, and they have an argument about eating hamburgers. Oh. <laughs> that goes on for at least two minutes. Oh yeah, that was, the, they were guarding uh, the building that like Ian McKellen was yeah. working in. <laughs> but I, my headcanon for that scene is like they're a couple, oh. and like that's why they were talking about where they're like gonna that. go for their date after work. So that kind of helped it for me. <laughs> it's, oh man, that's we could have made this a lot better. So he did say time. like pizza. Yeah. Who says that? It was, I mean, it was who hates greasy Italians. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess so. That's a good time for it. Yeah. yeah. Man, Martin beat me to the thirties recently. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna have fun with it. Um, yeah, it's uh, we can get to kind of like the final raid of him figuring out and getting out of the stupid water room. <laughs> well, okay, we do have to talk about the water okay, room. Okay, let's talk about the water room. Oh, yeah, the water room. It's uh, where, like, I guess that's where Tim Curry's lab was supposed to be, but that's not a lab. No. It's a fucking dome, like an industrial dome that only seems to be designed to drown people. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, Tim Curry goes in there, we don't know why, like... I assume he was supposed to be trapping the shadow, but he seems kind of surprised when the shadow shows up. Maybe maybe it's like his think pod or something. Maybe he does like a sensory like, deprivation tank. Sensory de deprivation yeah, yeah. tank. Maybe yeah. maybe it's like one of the early models that's like really big and bulky and fucked up. That thing's got to be so echoey. How are you gonna be deprived of your senses? It's supposed to be echoey, so you can like you you take the smallest sound and it reverberates and it like I don't know it fucks your brain or something. He I don't could, know anything about. He goes in there and he sings "Sweet Transvestite." <laughs> At yeah. the top of his lungs. <laughs> oh man, great movie. Yeah. So yeah, he gets, the shadow gets gets there. Gets, he's surprised. He's like, oh, the shadow. And, and he figures out the shadow. Like it seems like he turns the water on as soon as the shadow shows up, mm -hmm. just so because he knows how the shadow's powers work. Yeah. I I assume like Khan told him about it because Tim Kerr is the only person who works for Khan who isn't under his control. Like he joined him of his own volition, which yeah. I guess is supposed to again show us. One, like one scene explaining why he doesn't control me just sees him like, oh, too slimy. <laughs> it's like, Can't that, that grain, it's so gross. <laughs> yeah, but sorry, I interrupted you as you're saying. Oh, no, I was going to say, like, he, he's he's so slimy that he joined him of his own volition. Yeah. I want to evolve into a human. That's yeah. definitely a thing they would do in, like, old stories. Like, oh, now it's okay to kill him. Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. Because uh, his, his death is... Everything in this movie is His just... death's a fall, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's laughing the whole way through. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny, like, okay, the, the one of the last scenes near the end, when Tim Curry, like, he's told, like, go and kill the Shadow by Khan, and he doesn't want to because he's, like, smarmy and a coward, mm -hmm. but he goes anyway, then he ends the Shadow cat, ch 
captures him in a room and he does like the Batman thing where like he's scared so he's just shooting in every single direction and laughing his ass off and like oh I must have got him and the shadow comes and like just calls him pathetic and then tells him to get out of there and I thought like oh you're not gonna kill him but then like he clouds his mind and tells him they're like oh that store that window outside of the 10th story that's your exit and it literally very cartoonishly brings up the word exit yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, there's another layer too it's like because even if that were the exit you don't yeah, throw just, yourself that's through what I was an say. exit He's like i've never jumped through an exit window yeah. before <laughs> like oh there's the exit window <laughs> Wee. <laughs> like Oh, man. I, and, guess, I guess they had to remove those for <coughs> reasons. They were very popular in the 30s. Yeah. And Tim Curry calls him a coward and a sissy the whole time. And, like, he, he is. Like, yeah. he well, hides that, and then convinces him to die by suicide. That exactly. That's what I felt like thing. with, like, the... Uh, I also felt with, like, the queer stuff. Like, I was like, oh, that's what you would call me, but I'm calling you those names. Oh, oh my God. Does the shadow kill everyone via suicide so they can't get into heaven? <laughs> <laughs> that's so evil. Fuck. Yeah, man, we got a lot to consider with this. Yeah, we're at the final scenes in the hotel, the hotel monolith. Yeah. Good and thing. where, like, but it does have, like, one of my favorite Tim Curry scenes, like, when uh, Ian McKellen, who's still under mind control, but, like, Tim Curry is like, I bet you didn't think I would become best friends with a warlord, did you? Did you? And he's, like, flicking the back of Ian McKellen's <laughs> head. And that's the best scene in the movie, just with that performance, because he's acting like like a little school bully. <laughs> so petty. Just, there's nothing good about this person. Yeah, no. I like he even does like the weird spit up in the last few scenes before he jumps out where he's like really getting into it. Like a Tim Robinson spit opening a door take. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's it's really good. You should have just done it on the thing. It sounds cool. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm sure they'll still hear it. I'm gonna amp it up. <laughs> it's it's really good. I mean it's a lot of people. Luke's beer count. Yeah, this this podcast drinks and fucks. <laughs> <laughs> we want you to know that. Want people know this podcast. Well it's not fucks, we drink. Yeah. We definitely fuck. Yeah. Just sadly, that's all. Very sadly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they uh, they get to the final scene before the final fight's happening, or I should say concurrently. Uh, the Doctor's broken from the mind control spell with his daughter, and they have to defuse the bomb in a very silly scene. I, I, I think, as Jonathan was saying, it's a really, really enjoyable kind of It is. If it, if it had been more like, like, they're clearly trying to do Batman, but they're trying to do like Tim Burton Batman. If they maybe tried to do more like Adam West Batman. Yes. Because yes. that's what made me think of like that scene like, Adam West and the Six of Batman. Like some days, you just can't get rid of a bomb. Yeah. Such a good scene. It, yeah, they they're trying to ch- they they're trying to defuse the bomb. It gets lo- I guess loosened from where it was being held, and it's rolling around. They're like, whoa, gotta get that bomb. I do think it's crazy though that they set the timer on the bomb for two hours. Yeah. Then they're like, okay, how are we gonna get out of here? Like, there's an airplane waiting. We leave in one hour. Like, yeah. Why not leave now? Yeah. Because the Shadow only seems to care about catching Khan, not stopping the atomic bomb. No. Because when he confronts Khan in the room with the atomic bomb, instead of trying to get rid of the bomb, he follows Khan. I'm sure he saw the very, like, comically large timer. It's like, oh, I got an hour to do this? Sweet. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be fun. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I I have a haircut. I... I'm, I'm going to suicide you real good, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, to uh, to get back to a, a stupid callback, which is when he couldn't identify the color of his shirt, they get to the bomb, and right before the doctor clips the wrong wire, the daughter's like, no, green wire! And we're like, haha, funny. Um, also, it gives she, her a reason to be there. Yeah. She doesn't clip it, though. She just holds it. Like, she just pulls how it. Did, like, how does it happen? Like, it, it doesn't seem like she pulls it. It just seems like she's just like, eh, it's a green one. Yeah. But, 
it's so weird to me. Yeah. That whole that whole scene feels really weird. It's such a weird long joke to not be that. Well, it's also like, I, at first I was like because like the we mentioned the bomb is shaped like a giant wrecking ball. Yeah. And yeah. it falls down the stairs and then it it's heavy enough to where it bursts through an elevator door, but like the gate for the door manages to catch it so it's not doesn't fall down the shaft. And they go like this is I very precarious. It. Like Ian McKellen gets on there, but then the daughter gets on it too. Oh, because she knows he's gonna fuck up. Yeah, yeah fair enough. But it's again like the Ian McKellen seems to have dementia in this movie. Yes, he does. It's yeah. very delightfully Scooby Doo, as you pointed out earlier. They like they like beat the bomb yeah. somehow, and it like chases him down the flight of stairs. What, what I love was the la 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 la. Should have got the banana splits. <laughs> Just have them run into the scene. What, what I love was the setup for how they got that bomb going in the first place. Because they're trying to defuse it while it's standing there, but then I think Khan like actually cuts it down. But he has that rotating floor that he used to fuck with the shadow first. Oh, that prop from Flash Gordon? Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> oh, also, we should say, right before this, he had a fight with Psychic Knife, and they made friends. Um, <laughs> literally, that's all you have to say for that. That's an important thing, but yeah, that did bother me, because that's when you, like, what happened like in his brain where he finally figured out what to do because like i said his arc should have been he forgives himself for the terrible things he did before he and now he's thought, a good person he has a thought it's like people falling off things is funny yeah <laughs> and then i was like dude I agree. and the knife agrees yeah I, I think he had to change his like mental perception of himself to just be like a big mommy knife so the knife would be like you know safe and secure right? yeah he's like on the knife titty so he, he, feel... he decided to be a gamer and get good <laughs> that was the plan he's like all right i get, get, get good with this a professional gamer <laughs> Uh, Emphasis on the gay. Yeah. One thing I should say, we mentioned a few times before we get to the very end of this, Alec Baldwin's voice the whole movie is set to this voice, no matter what he's doing. It's very Jack Donaghy. Yeah. And this voice laughs a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> he got, he got Sorry, I just came back from a funny movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know the one where the guy falls off a cliff. <laughs> I think Bing Crosby was in it. Yeah. Because it's the 30s. <laughs> and that's the decade we all live in together. <laughs> um, so yeah, into the film. Once again, the, a weird, gruesome humor tone of the whole thing is they get into this huge mirror room and Khan thinks he's winning. And then I guess the Shadow decides that he's very strong psychic boy now. That's the only way he can explain it. Like mm -hmm. They don't have any like realization or like... Well, Khan asks him like right before the very climax, like, what are you doing? And I was like... Yeah, I'd like to know that too, because you don't really know what he's doing. He's making a bunch of mirrors that don't seem to be in the same room as the actors yeah. explode. And then he, I guess his psychic powers become like godlike, basically. Uh, he shatters every mirror, and then he gets like one piece of glass, and it goes right into the, the to the con's head, which I just assumed he was going to be dead, but then they cut to the scene afterwards where he's been lobotomized inside of a, uh, a, a loony bin. That's the only way you can put it. So yeah, that is, which um, I didn't, like, that's awful, but I didn't have a horrible problem with it until they revealed that like his like admitting doctor was a shadow man with yeah. one of those big rings mm -hmm. 
And then it becomes like a weird kink almost of like some type of terrible fetish this person has of controlling these people's lives. I mean, he's like, okay, he should be in jail, but you clipped him. You took away his pineal gland. Yeah. I know that's not what they were talking about, but that's like... <laughs> this isn't from beyond. Yeah. <laughs> which we should watch eventually. Jonathan brought this up earlier. You know what? I think the Shadow is edgier than Batman because he lobotomizes his rogues gallery and puts them in a fucking mental that institution. Is, that, that actually is really bad. Like, yeah. Batman's, Batman paralyzed people, but you're right. Maybe maybe Shadow is more edgier. Yeah, because Batman's like... That's literal hell. I'll put them in the asylum and let them do their thing. Shadow's like, I'm going to lobotomize them. <laughs> the evil Superman did that a few times. And the movie yeah, really cool. plays up that scene like it's funny, too. Also, once again, yes, they, uh, they yeah, really I, make fun of dissociative also, identity again, disorder. a mechanical Because, <laughs> yeah, he's shouting, I'm respect. the last living descendant of uh, Genghis Khan. And like, I'm Napoleon! Yeah. Like, I'm Mae West! I'm, I'm another! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna keep up this bit, though, like I sang it since that last episode. Anytime we say it, I am saying the full name. It is Mechanical Violator Hikaider. <laughs> you never say just the first name. That's disrespectful. Um, but yeah, they, they have a real quick scene after the whole uh, lobotomized uh, villains put away into the asylum. Where it's just him, you know, going on a date with Margo and being like, Hey, you're real hot, and give him a kiss. And then there's, like, a shadow running away, and, like, it's crying. He's like, I gotta go do the shadow thing, and then the movie's over. <laughs> real real weak ending, I gotta say. Yeah, well, I gotta say, the costume looks okay. The prosthetics are stupid. If they'd gotten a sequel like they wanted, they probably would have toned that down at least. No, make that bigger and bigger each sequel. But it's also, there was, like, they would have, like, certain shots that were clearly, like, the hero shots. Like, I think the biggest one, like, when he gets in the hotel, and you see him in, like, his... He's not wearing a cape, but he's got like a cape. Yeah. And, like billows. What is it? Whatever it is that's billowing. I can't really, I'm not really sure. It's just this extra jacket. It's like a double scarf almost. It's like if this were like, you were drawn like manga style, that yeah. would probably be cool. And it makes I sense because it would have been like the coat. Once again, Kamen Rider V3 does have a double scarf. <laughs> just want people, listeners at home to know. There's a lot of scenes where it's just like, this looks cool, but it doesn't add anything to the movie so it just feels like why is it there like yeah. you didn't put any thought into it other than I'd like to see this <laughs> <laughs> we can't just have a whole film of people jumping off cliffs <laughs> uh, but yeah that's that, that That literally is the shadow yeah uh, so I think we should get to the, the reviews of this uh, anybody want to kick it off does anyone have really strong shadow feelings oh I'll kick it off what are we doing uh, oh, okay I'm, I'm doing this uh, yeah you, I'll let you make the rating I always do it I no like. let's, let's do out, out of five a henchman thrown off a building. Yeah. Um, or know what? No. Five five bad guys suicided off a building. <laughs> okay. What if we, we should make this one the permanent rating system. <laughs> oh, I don't want to explain this, the plot of the shadow again. We're going to have to include a suicide hotline. Put that in we here, please. That. It's in, uh, in real life, it isn't as funny. But it's in the right. shadow, very in funny. The, yeah. <laughs> At least to the shadow. Yeah, and con. In the shadow, suicide is the only... Oh, no, suicide... There is one gag I liked in this, where uh, the cab driver is, like, driving a couple, and he's, like, just not fucking caring about the rules of the road. And as soon as he gets called on his ring, he's like, get out. And they're like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, I give this movie uh, two villains being murdered via suicide out of five. I I didn't like it. There, there are lots of little bits throughout the film that I thought were fucking great. Again, I love the bomb. I love all the suicide. I love all the, all the people being thrown off of things. I think Alec Baldwin, kind of handsome. I don't think he's necessarily right for this, but it's like there, there are lots of little things. If you have any interest in seeing this movie... Try seeing a condensed version on YouTube. Don't fucking watch the whole thing. Use a handsome movie. Uh, I, I will give a three out of five. And... 
yeah, I this movie I found pretty inoffensive. Like I, I didn't hate it, and I like I, I enjoy it more probably after talking about it for over an hour. <laughs> but I also wanted to mention one like effect that I really liked. It's a dream sequence that the shadow has. Where, like <laughs> he goes a big pair of sloppers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it kind of does. Where like he like starts digging into the skin in his face, I did and like he puts that. his hand like underneath his face, yeah. and like it's so cool. Gonna the effect, it's practical and it looks really good. Yes, and like but then like he rips his head off and he's like con, and that part's stupid. Yeah, I, but I, I, I was hoping it was gonna get more thirties racist, and he was just like. Not even like just I had a dream where I wasn't myself. It's like I had a dream where I was Asian. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> just with screaming. a horrible beard. Just screaming, Oh no, I'm Mongolian. <laughs> I eat with my hands. <laughs> I'm going to hell. <laughs> this is the US of A. Yeah, I forgot about that line, which is great. Uh, I'm going to give this uh, 2.5 out of uh, 5 uh, people getting suicide off a building uh, for jokes and, and jollies. Um, this film is really dark when you actually do think about the plot elements. Because um, it's it's a perfect down middle of the road. I don't feel like it wasted my time, but it's also not a good film. I didn't hate it, but also it's not like fantastic. It's one of those things exactly where it has to be like talking about it with your boys, watching it together, having a good time. But if you're just watching it for yourself, that something's, you're having a bad day. <laughs> something's going on, man. But if you like watch it and you're like, I'm going to have some goofs and talk about it with my friends... It, what I'm saying is it's one of those good movies to watch with people and have fun making fun of, but it's, you're not going to like really go out of your way to watch it by yourself, I feel like. You know? No. Unless it's like me I mean, you. yeah, yeah. Like I, but uh, I live alone. And... Yeah. I was about to say, because I also did watch The Rocketeer, too, like, by myself recently. Oh, I, I, I end up, like, I'm so good at, like, even when I go, like, to a movie theater, I usually end up, like, being, like, the only person in the theater. That's happened, like, ten times yeah. in my life, which is, like, not a crazy huge number, but that's a lot. Yeah, yeah that is. It's fun to go to a movie by yourself, though. It is cool, but I'm talking about like in a movie theater, just no one else there. It's, oh yeah, I think that's nice too. Honestly, I've not been by my. I've been by myself with another. That's <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> Someone else and I have been by ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got, we got there. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. friend Harvey, he's the giant rabbit right next to me. <laughs> Damn, that's a good movie. That's actually a good movie. Well, my name's Harvey. Okay, so um, I would honestly, I'll give it three point five. Murdered Ooh. by suicide for giggles <laughs> out of five, because it is a clear vision. Like I feel like this person had a clear vision of what they wanted to make, and it's a bad one. Like, really? It's a, I think it's a. I think they were like, "All right, I exact. This is how I want this to look." It does have. I like, think they had a dishwater vision of what they were. Definitely not as extreme, but it definitely has like that bird demic or the room feeling of like this person knew what they wanted to do, but it doesn't mean they're good at it. Like they, there's like some really cool effects. Like they put a lot of like work into these effects to yeah. make them look neat, and they're just dumb yeah. the, the the story's dumb the script is horrible big name actors all over the place but it's it's a i think it's a hoot like it's a definitely a weird vibe yeah it's it's definitely we we brought it up very vaguely in the beginning but it's like it it has a very bad case of just wanting to be batman mm -hmm. absolutely and this is why i'm excited that next episode we for sure have to do the phantom now i will say yeah oh. this is one of those things like if i ever get sent back in time to like uh, 1991 I would, in 1994, I would go see The Shadow. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say you were going to kill all Alec Baldwin. <laughs> no, no, no. I'd probably like... <laughs> to save the world. I'd probably go see other Alec Baldwin movies that came out in the 90s. Would you... Okay, if you traveled back in time to 1991, stayed there until 1994, would you stay there until 2001 to prevent 9-11? Well, I mean, if I stayed till 1994, it would be because I don't know how to get back home so i would just be living in the 90s now would you stop 9-11 oh i mean probably not how the fuck do you stop 9-11 that's a good question like uh, I, I just go to the cia like i'm from the past or from the future you're from further past i'm from the past jesus isn't real that's a, that's a stupid question it's so easy you go back in time and you become their flight instructor, but you tell them the way you crash a plane is by landing it. You <laughs> psychology them. They end up in the... the That's l- how you know you're in a terrorist in your flight training school. They ask how you crash a plane. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, wait, I know where this is going. I'm going to tell them that you have to land it. And then you look to the camera and you wink. <laughs> yeah, instead of just reporting them. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, that's a good time. <laughs> uh, should we just get to the stupid games? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Quit playing stupid games. We're gonna, we'll we haven't been doing that? Yeah. Uh, let's let's get... Uh, this is so exciting, because Podzuki's back in person. I'm passing them out, guys. It's, oh, right. It's, it's, it's batteries again. stupid. I cleaned them off. It's, it's uh, We're all vaccinated in a, a post... No, it's not post-COVID world. We're still week, so... Oh. All right, we're looking nine volt batteries. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, let's see. Maybe try. That was. Let me try. Yeah, this one's also pretty weak, but I don't want a strong one. Yeah. That one. That one had some kick to it. This one's stronger, but it's still pretty weak too. <laughs> I love that I can like. That I'm like so good at this. Yeah, you have if like, they, if I could get paid to lick batteries, I'd be a very you're wealthy man. You would be. You're a nine volt Samier. Samolier. I had a stroke save. <laughs> You are a connoisseur. Ooh, a 92 Sunday. <laughs> that's, a, that's a sketch I'm going to go home and write. To yeah. <laughs> I actually uh, tried licking a um, uh, the Switch game. Oh, those are bad. Those are yeah, real they bad. I, they did not exaggerate on how bad those So tasted. I found out they, they made them taste that bad, not just for us as humans, but also so pets don't eat them. So oh, that's why, you know, it's got to be really strong stuff. You guys yeah. ever, like, uh, taken, like, we would do them in some labs when I was in college. Like, it's some kind of paper to find out if you're, like, your super taster or not. Yeah, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're a super taster? Yes. You're a super yeah, taster if you like pussy or if you don't like pussy? Uh, super taster would know what to say. <laughs> no, that's, that's what happens when they get laid. I say like it. <laughs> you, you, get, you get the compliment, oh, wow, you're quite the super taster. Or, I can't repeat that. Uh, man. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I gotta yeah. that in. I, <laughs> I don't know how it's gonna age, but you know what? Fucking cancel me, culture. I'm here. I'm waiting for it. Oh, that's another t-shirt. T-shirt. <laughs> what is Juno doing up I didn't have a point to make other than those pieces of paper taste like a Switch cartridge. Yeah. I, cool. I do want to do one of those now because I feel like I do have a pretty good. Someone who like <laughs> maybe likes the taste and they just like put a switch cartridge in their mouth, like a like a Jolly Rancher. It's or like something. you would understand. I'm a super taster. <laughs> it's, a, it's okay. It's arms. Yeah, it cost me sixty dollars for each one of these. That's how much I have. Um, all right, for the stupid game section though, I feel like we've done the classic nine volts back, baby. But I'm gonna do uh, who the fuck is Ron Canada? Ron Canada. You were the judge in Ted, too. We 
guest will too. Now that we have the exquisite jingle from Luke, um, I had a really fun idea for this one, which is Ron Canada, who we know and love. He's a, a bit actor, the judge in Tattoo, over 200 roles. He's a, he's a working actor. Uh, we've done a lot of films and movie series. Was he in this or what that? But I decided to mix it up by quite a bit here. Because here's the one I'm going to do. Instead of me making you guess, I'm going to tell you he was in a 2007 film called Snow Globe. And I'm going to read you the, I'm gonna read you the, the synopsis <laughs> of Snow Globe, which I think you're going to really like. Uh, a woman, uh, played by Christina Millian, uh, who uh, longs to have a perfect Christmas, is given a magical snow globe that transports her to the land where every day is Christmas. I'm going to ask what you... What year did this movie come out? 2007. So I'm going to mix it up. Instead, I'm going to have you guess what shitty, what shitty Christmas channel made this movie. Was this A, a Lifetime movie? Was this B, a Disney Channel original? Or was this C, an ABC Family movie? C, ABC Family, final answer. I'm also going ABC Family. Uh, I was going to say Hallmark, but that wasn't an option, so I'm guessing it's not, <laughs> it's not that. I should have done Hallmark. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm saying... Hallmark would have made more sense than what was your first one? Lifetime, Lifetime. right? Lifetime? Lifetime does do a lot of Christmas movies, They though. do, actually. I'll, I'll guess Lifetime. What they, the hell? No, don't humor but, me. Maybe, but a lot of them are more like human dramas. They like, do, they're not no, good. They do get ridiculous for the Christmas ones. But Hallmark A Christmas a rape. Yeah. A Lifetime so, movie. <laughs> Uh, that could actually be an honest, real one, but I mean, different title. Well, maybe it is the title for one of them. Um, yeah, you guys, you both got it right, but I'm going to give it to Jonathan. Actually, he's the real winner, because Hallmark would have been a better faking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what this game is really about. So, yet again, we salute you, Ron Canada. Um, we've been running for a little bit. I think we should just get into the good old recommendations and plugs. Um, Out of the gate, have something you want to recommend right away? Is it going to be the same thing I'm going to recommend? I want to recommend the Shadow Pinball Machine. They made a. They a, had a whole entry about it in the Wikipedia, which I thought was funny. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what company it was, but it's like the like the Shadow Pinball Machine, based on this movie, is one is a really good pinball machine. The launcher, like it's one of those where like it's just a a, a trigger. And it looks like one of the Shadow's silver-plated Berettas, oh, which is a thing we didn't get into. He's got cool like, guns. Well, if yeah. he has to kill a werewolf, it makes sense. I do like in the way like he draws them, where they're like cross-draw, where he has to like cross his arms mm -hmm. to pull them out. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But they're really only there because he has them in like the pulp. Yeah, he never stories. uses them to kill anyone. He's got other means. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to have a good laugh about it. I wish that, like, in the scene with, like, Alec Baldwin, because like, he can clearly, like, he doesn't really know how to hold guns, because he's holding them, like, yeah. and, like walking <laughs> with them. It just... It's silly. I like, oh, yeah. I like to imagine he really didn't know that so much where they had him saying, bang, bang, each time he was walking <laughs> But, yeah, it's a really cool pinball machine, and you do get some, like, the shadow going, ha, 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 ha. Sorry, I just listened to a Jerry Seinfeld album. <laughs> you talking about the silly guy falling off a cliff. <laughs> there is a lot of laughter and staring. It's a lot like a, an open mic night. There's a lot of inappropriate laughing and just staring at nothing. Oh, man. Uh, you know what? That will get me into my, my plug, too, which is uh, the second season of I Think You Should Leave is out on Netflix. I'm gonna, if you haven't watched it yet, I'm going to give it to you this way. Don't rush through all of it and watch all six episodes. Take your time. Like Watch one of the episodes each day. There's only six of them. They're all hoot. I still think he's making some of the best sketch comedy out there. 
Um, when you get to the corn, the corn cob TV with coffin flap, <laughs> it is, I think, one of the funniest sketches I've seen where I was laughing so hard I had to pause it to gain my... Like, Favorite sketches so far? This won't ruin it for anybody who hasn't yeah. seen them. Corn cob TV, uh, Blues Brothers. Oh, the Blues Brothers one's so good. Driver's Ed. Yeah. Oh, Driver's Ed was fun. And the Claire's one, the very final sketch, kind of like was upsetting a little bit. I, I like the player's sketch. I, I It was funny until like that last part there was like it was kinda like speaking to human truisms. I, I, I think after thinking about it, my favorite sketch right now at least is still I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. I, I had a big debate about this is one of my favorite ones, which a lot of people didn't like as much was you gotta give. I really I know it goes long, but that's what makes it funny to me of the calico <laughs> cut jeans. <laughs> It's, I like that it just keeps ramping up, and for some reason, the the specific line is "Don't send me loud wrestler videos." Really made me laugh really hard for some reason. I still have yet to see. I've seen about half of the first season, and not in the order or anything. I've just yeah. been watching random clips of the the sketches, but I they're fun. I know I need to get on that. He also but... did an episode of the characters. Oh yeah, was Tim Robinson and Lady that, Luck Tonight. Oh man, yeah. No, I'm a dead man. I'm ruined. <laughs> oh man, it's uh, he's so funny, and uh, I mean, even better news is they might be doing a second or a third season of Detroiters now. So, Ooh. yeah, it's, they're, they say they're in talks for it, so we'll see. Mm. And then you have uh, to have that Comedy Central streaming app. Do they have yeah. one? Ugh, it's yeah. Mm. It's terrible. I know that com- regular Comedy Central, like if you like, my parents have cable, and I went to their pet house uh, about a month ago. It's just The Office. Oh. That's pretty much all Comedy Central is now. They just play The Office all goddamn day. <laughs> Grim times. Uh, and then yeah, for plugs, the Pressure Open Mic's back, which I, uh, I uh, co-host yeah. and uh, produce with John Chen, as well as Georgia Gove, uh, Julie Merica, and then uh, Ricardo Angulo, and uh, I feel like I'm missing somebody. Um, you, well, you pronounce Angulo very Angulo. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of these days I'll get it right. I feel bad about that. I never got. I still don't know if I'm pronouncing uh, Rob Kuschel's name last. Julie America. Julie America. Nothing I, I always say yeah, yeah. I just say Julie for some reason. I don't know why. God, I'm a mess. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's it for me. All right, I, I got a recommendation. Um, Shove it. <laughs> <laughs> just how you're saying it, I thought you were gonna say that. Uh, 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 watch, watch Odd Taxi. Odd Taxi is a 13 episode anime that uh, just finished its run. And it's it's a it's well worth it. Good mystery, uh, real cute character designs, just a good time. Uh, and for plugs, follow me on Instagram at Weird Thrift Shop Finds. I find weird things at thrift shops. That's it. It's it's a delight. It's one of my favorite Instagram. Actually. Mm-hmm. You, you find such I, I didn't know you had an Instagram for that. I would love to check that out. What am I? Oh, I mean, I just you. see your stuff. I just. I don't, oh, I don't go on to my Instagram. <laughs> Not to be too mean, but my one of the things that always blows my mind with this Instagram of yours is you'll have so many friends or people you know that'll be like, "Oh, could you buy that for me?" And you're like, "I was there five days ago. <laughs> no one, no one pays attention to me. It's fine." Yeah. Uh, well, listen, I pay attention, buddy. Come here. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. No, they're hug- They're kind of hugging. It's, they're it's they're, 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 it's they're straight male hugging. hugging. It's a podcast hug. There we go. Yeah. That's cute. Just two bros worried about physical contact. Um, for my plug, um, my fiance, um, Debbie Banos, has... brag. <laughs> oh, Jonathan Chatton found love in his life. <laughs> Boom. Fingers down. Boom. Wish she, out to Debbie. She, um, she just actually finished... It's She finished her run, but it's probably going to get picked up again. Um, she did a show called American Side Effectos about her um, mother after they've come over to America, the sort of trials and tribulations and, you know, 
horrible system America has in place for trying to be naturalized. Yeah. It is funny, and it makes everyone cry at the end. Aww. Yeah. I see that. It's, it's beautiful. I did the sound for it, too. It has two songs, uh, <laughs> and Neon Morricone's The um, Ecstasy of Gold, nice. and Spongebob's <laughs> Drunken Sailors. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. I, I mean, one thing I've always liked about Debbie is she's a fantastic actor, but also has a great sense of humor. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I gotta, I gotta make it because I, I missed her last play too. So I, I hope it gets picked up and I can be a good friend. And so yeah, I'm it. really pumped for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost 100 sure it's gonna pick, get picked up. Yeah. Hell yeah, big Debbie fan. Yeah. Cool. We should, we should get her on the podcast sometime. Yeah. 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 She, she, I'm sure she'd be down for that. Yeah. We'll, we'll have you here, but you just have to sit in the corner saying nothing. Yeah. He has to make sure she doesn't say anything that'll embarrass him. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. Oh, he's leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's... She'll uh, constantly look over, <laughs> terrified, too, every now and then. You did the pinball. Oh. Yeah. I didn't have to plug, but I, I, I am going to plug uh, uh, Les Sud, the restaurant I work at in uh, Roscoe Village. It's like uh, just up the street on Roscoe from the Jewel Osco and Mariano's mm -hmm. that are there, really close to Belmont. We're we're a good restaurant. Right. Yeah. Les Sud? Yeah, Les Sud. Les Sud. Okay. Like, it means it's, it's French for the South. Oh. Though we're more like a Mediterranean restaurant. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever brought someone like a plate full of broken glass and they're like, you're lassoed. <laughs> okay, that's where we in the podcast. No, I'm not, that's I'm, the cut. Yeah, I've not had the opportunity cut. to do that. Though I did one time was working grill and I dropped like, it was the first, the only time I, one well, of the first and the only times I did it. And I dropped like a plate because it was too hot, oh. and then it got all into the line. So oh, I had to take everything yikes. out of the line and fucking Oof. replace it. That sucked. I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah, I hope you got a lot of... Working in kitchen sucks because, like, it's so easy to just feel like the dumbest motherfucker on the planet mm -hmm. after, like, something yeah. unavoidable happens. Yeah. And you're right. always in a rush. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think... It's okay, though. What's going to make us feel better is we're in person, so I think it's going to work this time. Are you, are you all ready to try and sign off? Yeah. yeah. Sure. All right. Here we go. We're going to do it perfect this time. Three, two, one... <laughs> You're, You're gonna, gonna like the way, way you I fuck. I guarantee it. it. Oh, that's beautiful. That was beautiful. We I... were all wrong, though. Yeah, but also, we were all right. We were at the same time, but we said different things. Yeah. Was I it really I or you? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I know. But you like said you, right? I, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I thought I could get away with it. Damn it. But I said you as well, so that means Martin's wrong. No, it's supposed to be I, because we're supposed to be like a fusion. Oh, for a while, it was supposed to be we, though, wasn't it? I thought we like veto. I don't I think, think we the ever answer said now we. is to say they. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, they got late. You're gonna like they the way. <laughs> you're gonna like the way it fucks. <laughs> that sounds frightening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>